This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. One of the focal points on the candidacy of Democratic nominee Joe Biden has been his tax and economic plans. He has talked about raising taxes on wealthier Americans as well as bumping taxes on businesses from 21% to 28%. The Penn Wharton budget model has just completed a review of his proposals in this area as well as spending proposals, and they are releasing their report. And we're joined by its director of policy analysis, analysis excuse me, Richard Prisanzano, to go over the numbers. Richard, great to talk to you again. Great to be back, Dan. Thanks. So I guess, obviously, the, the, the question I think a lot of people are, are looking at it partly is the tax side, because there has been this conversation out there in general that all Americans were going to see a tax increase. Your review of it says what? Uh, there is a very small tax increase on, on most Americans, but it's due to the way the, the treatment of the corporate tax. So in the Kind of in the standard tax community, the way that we handle this is when there's a tax increase on the corporate side, it has to end up on shareholders and, and workers at some point. And um, when we distribute that through sort of the people below 400K end up with um, a reduction, an increase in tax and reduction of after-tax income of, of just less than a percentage point. So, so that that correlation from the corporate tax to individuals comes through in, in what form? So it's the um, so one it's lower dividends paid out to shareholders. So if you have you know mutual funds or anything in 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 in, in the stock market, you'd see lower returns there. And then you know eventually it has to end up as lower wages, right? That's money for the corporation to pay um, as they pay more in tax. Everybody involved in the corporation um, uh, bears some of that burden, and and you'd see lower wages, um, you know, in 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 the I would say in the budget window in the 10 year at some point it would come through. Um, now, if you don't can now, I think the, there's there's an important point here is one, it's a really small increase through that that mechanism. Mm-hmm. And then the second piece is that if you don't uh, include the corporate taxes, that the um, there's no increase on on that group that that Biden is talking about. So again, you know, if, if you know, I don't think anybody thinks that the the wage decreases or the dividend decreases would occur in, say, 2021. So in that year, if you think about it, if you don't include the corporate taxes, then then Biden's plan does not raise any taxes on the people below 400 k And for a number of those groups, there's actually a reduction in, in taxes through expanded um, earned income tax credit and, and child care provisions that are, that are in the Biden plan. Okay. So in terms of the corporate tax increase, that would bring in how much extra revenue uh, into the coffers of the U.S. government? Yeah, so the, the corporate tax alone is, is a, um, you know, and, and I'm going to include more than just the, the pure 21 to 28 percent, so right. some of the other provisions. It's about $1.5 trillion over 10 years. And, the, you know, the payroll provisions and some of the tax increases on the higher income folks um, gets about another $1.8 trillion. And so it, 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 does it end up being a net positive over the course of time when you factor in uh, the other associated costs and such with the plan? Yeah, actually, the interesting thing is, so even in the 10-year window, if you just look at the strict kind of conventional budget um, score where we have $3.3 uh, trillion in additional revenue, but, but about $5 trillion, $5.3 trillion in additional spending, 
we actually only increased the debt by 0.1% after that 10 years okay. because a lot of the spending that, you know, following up with what you're you're talking about before is there's infrastructure. A lot of the spending is on what we would say productive things, infrastructure, health, education, all of those things make the economy and workers in it more productive. And there's sort of a, a, a bang for the buck there that, that our model accounts for. Okay, so let's dig into those areas for a little bit, because it, it, education, I think, is right at or near the top uh, of a lot of people's laundry list of things that, that need to be improved in, in this country. What kind of spending are we talking about uh, in, in the Biden plan uh, regarding uh, education? Sure. So, the you know, big one they has is sort of um, a, a free college for anyone that has less than 100K in AGI. Right. Um, and so I think that's a big, big boost that, that certainly increases accessibility for a lot of folks. And that, that spending is almost true. You know, so that provision, plus some other things like spending on, on underprivileged uh, uh, grade schools and things like that, um, comes to about $2 trillion, just shy of $2 trillion. So it's quite a bit of spending. But again, it's the kind of spending that, you know, a more educated population is is good for everybody, right? People are more productive, right. think, things like that. And pre-K, I think, is is in there as well, correct? Correct. Sorry. And that's, an, that's another one. Um, thanks for, for bringing that up. It's That is one that actually has a kind of a double whammy. Um, you know, there's the boost to, to kids getting that, that education a little bit earlier, getting exposed to things at that pre-K level. But then it also frees up parents for more working as well. So you kind of get a little bit of an immediate boost as, as you know, parents, as I, I know you are, I am, you know, we can work a little bit more, we yeah. can be a little bit more productive. And then our kids, because they've gotten that earlier education, um, are more productive um, in the future. And that that's one thing here with, that I want to make highlight is that some of these things that they're spending on are things that will take a long time to come through. So education, infrastructure, you know, it's not an immediate uh, productivity increase that it's, you know, it takes time. And I think that's that's something that that the public has to understand in general. That most cases, you're talking about things that you're projecting having benefit out over a ten year window, not necessarily coming true in the next one to two years. No, that's exactly right. And I think you know, I think it highlights. You know, again, as you know, we our model we run out to 2050. So you know, that's obviously way way beyond what people would normally think about. But that first ten years, there's a little bit of a drag on the economy. Um, because of the the tax increases, but the the debt isn't um, uh, increased a lot. Um, and then beyond that, we actually see the opposite. We actually see reduction in debt over time because some of the spending turns off because Biden has pledged you know X billion for ten years, and right. then it's turned off. And so you get this boost from all of those things that they've invested in in that that ten years, and then in that second ten years and the third ten years, you start seeing the real real productivity increases. All right. Uh, touch on health care for a moment, because that's obviously an area that, that he, uh, Mr. Biden, has discussed a lot, uh, you know, in contrast to what President Trump has been doing. And obviously, uh, the former vice president uh, tied with uh, Obamacare with the Affordable Care Act uh, in his time in office with President Obama. Yeah. So the, the big one there is that, you know, there there's rules on on so, so one, the big increase is that they allow um, eligibility from 65 to 60 for, for Medicare. Um, and that's a big cost. That, that picks up a lot of folks. But, but the 60 to 65-year-olds tend to be healthier than the people that are on Medicare, so the, the cost maybe isn't as high as you would think. Right. And then there are provisions on, on things like prescription drugs. So it allows negotiating prices. It sets prices to be equal um, 
are, are not equal, but but in relationship to what's charged in, in Europe. Um, and that really brings down the cost. So actually over time, actually it's a cost savings on 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 healthcare and in general in the economy because of the measures to reduce costs, but then people are healthier. And obviously when people are healthier, you don't have um, those expenses that come along with, with say catastrophic injuries or long-term illnesses that, that maybe can be avoided with, with some of the extra healthcare people would be getting. Uh, Social security, I know is another element that they, uh, that you have reviewed in this report Uh, and tell us what uh, the vice president would like to be able to do with that. Yeah, so the big one there is it's partly tax and partly spending. So he wants to increase um, benefits for people at the lower inc- income groups. So um, you know an increase in the in the benefits of what you pay, and you get a bigger bigger percentage back. And then there's what we call a donut hole tax. So again, at the 400k level, um, you know if you're right now the way employment taxes works, you make up to the Social Security max, which is you know in the 120k ish range. You know, after that, the, the employment taxes turn off. Mm-hmm. Here, Biden's proposing that they would turn back on at 400k. So people with really high wages. I mean, you're a sports fan, so I sort of always think of these people that, you know, this is LeBron James getting a wage from the Lakers. Yeah. You know, it would turn back on for him, but he would get no additional uh, benefits. So you know, that's just paying into the system to kind of pay for the the extra benefits. And that, um, you know, again, that kind of thing. Um, changes people's investment behaviors um, in the economy, but on net, the the, the Biden plan is is actually uh, uh, does well for the economy. Actually, have some growth in there. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, what's what ends up being the net impact p- potentially on GDP? Yeah. So um, GDP is. Um, um, I should have pulled that table up. I'm just scrolling down to the bottom of my document. <laughs> no problem. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, we've got a lot of tables in there. So it's just, a, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a little bit of, of a boost, a 0.8% boost um, in GDP. So in 2050, so way, way out in the window right. um, and a reduction in debt by about 6%. And so, we, you know, in perspective, the, the TCJA, you know, didn't have a, that big of a boost in, in that same time period, that same length of time. It was, was a bit less than that. It was about 0.6%. So, right. you know, again, on net, you know, compared to the TCJA, Biden's uh, overall plan of, of increasing some taxes, uh, some credits, and then some some spending actually does does better than the TCJA. And for people that that aren't understanding, that's the Tax Cut and Jobs Act that that President Trump put into place. So overall, this is a, a, a this is a, a a pretty good philosophy or or mindset in terms of policy of moving forward. If uh, if Mr. Biden is elected. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that that's right. I think in some of these things, I think, you know, again, even as, as the, the you've already talked about this morning, is I think some of the things like infrastructure, I think there's a general consensus that our infrastructure is suffering right now and that yeah. there needs to be spending on that. And so, the, you know, that and then education, as you mentioned, too, these are things that I think people think that, you know, maybe we need to be increasing spending that maybe it's been lagging in the in the in the recent past and we need to kind of kind of re-up that spending and, and this policy uh, package certainly does that. Richard, as always, uh, thanks very much for your time. And I guess I should ask you, what's next on the agenda? What What's the next piece you guys are going to be reviewing? Well, you know, we're, I think we're, there's a lot of pieces here that we're going to do some details on folks. And then we sort of hope that President Trump makes some announcements about um, his policies for, for yep. the, his uh, potential second term. And, and we'd be kind of diving in on that. And obviously we'd have you back for that. Richard, as always, thanks for your time. Thank you, Dan.
Thank you. Richard Prisanzano, Director of Policy Analysis with the Penn Wharton Budget Model. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.